It's Friday, September 3rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians swept Kansas City last night, uh, and we were wondering, heading into Thursday's game, what we were going to see out of Tristan McKenzie after his stint on the 10-day DL. Uh, we got the good version of Tristan McKenzie once again. Uh, a really positive sign. Six innings, only gave up the one run, uh, and the Indians win the game. Yeah, just uh, really, a, really a strong, strong outing. Uh, you know, the last three outings, he's three and zero with a zero point eight six ERA. Joe, I mean, he's walked, he's walked two guys in, in twenty one innings with, and while striking out twenty five. The guy's just, uh, he's he's on fire, man. And his batting average against is like minuscule. I, I think he's only given up two or fewer hits in each one of those three outings. Uh, and he's gone at least six innings in all three. Uh, that's, that's impressive. That's, uh, that's like dominant stuff over the last three outings. Now, granted, it was against Detroit uh, the, and, and Los Angeles and then uh, the Royals. Not exactly the, uh, the first place teams in their divisions, but, you know, for McKenzie to be finding that consistency uh, and, and to be just going out there pitching fearless. Uh, he's pitching fearless in the strike zone. Uh, that's that's really what's what's been the difference between uh, early season Tristan McKenzie, who struggled and said he was overwhelmed by this the situation uh, back in May, and and now he just looks like uh, he belongs. Yeah, the uh, Kansas City uh, PR department came up with a great stat, Joe. In 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 McKenzie's first sixty three and a third innings, he walked forty five guys. He's walked two of the last 120 hitters he's faced. I mean, that's that's a night and day. That's like a light switch going on and off. I mean, and <laughs> I don't know how you explain it. I don't even know if he ex can explain it. Well, I, I think he explains it by saying, <clears throat> look, at the beginning of the year when I was walking all those guys, uh, you know, I knew my stuff was good, but I just was afraid to put it in the strike zone and and beat guys with it. He just finally said, look, I know my stuff plays at the major league level and I'm going to put it in the strike zone. And if I get beat, I get beat, but the guys so far haven't beaten them. Yeah. He's just uh, been dominant. He looks like a number one guy to me. He looks like a, he looks like a, a, an, an ace right now. I don't, I knew, like you said, the competition is not the best in the big <laughs> leagues, but it's still, it's still major league competition and it's still, uh, you know, they're, Anybody with a, a big leader with a bat in his hands is dangerous. So he's done a great job. And and don't forget, you know, next year, if he's a part of this rotation, you know, he gets to face uh, Detroit and Kansas City and Minnesota. And, you know, he has to face Chicago. But, you know, those those teams in the division, he'll get to face them multiple times next year. So there's going to be adjustments. There's going to be that cat and mouse game. But, you know, what McKenzie has shown, and, and like you said, he could be an ace. He could be a face of a franchise. This is a kid who does everything right when it comes to the media. You know, uh, we saw him in Williamsport just be, he was the bell of the ball there in, in Williamsport. Every kid wanted to be around him. They were ripping off their shirts to get his autograph. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> just impressive to see that the maturity for a 23 year old, like he is, uh, I, I you, you, you're very encouraged heading into to next season. And, 
And hey, we've still got, you know, he still gets what two, maybe three more starts, you know, the yeah. rest of the way out. Uh, can't wait to see what happens in those. And, you know, they're going to be, he, you know, he only went six innings last night, 76 pitches. So he's going to be on, you know, they're going to control his innings right now. I think he's just, just about a hundred innings right now in the big leagues, a little more with what he's done in, in uh, Columbus. Uh, but they're going to monitor him. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to go much beyond 76, 80 pitches, which is, you know, what he threw last night. Right. And, and he said last night and DeMarlo Hale said last night, that he uh, he probably could have gone another inning. He, he felt strong. He wasn't tired. Uh, there wasn't that fatigue or soreness or anything like that. But it's probably the best idea to, to you know, look forward and look to the future and, and look to next season and, you know, control him and monitor his innings there. Uh, the other big, uh, I guess, storyline in the game, uh, Owen Miller coming up with the, the big hit, uh, the only uh, – not much offense to speak of from the Indians in the ballgame. But uh, Owen Miller's three-run home run uh, put them in front, and that's where they stayed. And then uh, we'll get to uh, Emmanuel Classe here in a minute. Yeah, you know, big game by Miller. Uh, he's hit four home runs. That was his fourth home run. And they've all come in his last, I think, 23, 24 games. Um, and, you know, it was good to see, you know, a rookie do that because, you know, the, the middle of the order went 0 for 23 in this series, Joe. Uh, Ramirez and, and Reyes with about 12 strikeouts. They didn't do any. The only time they reached bases when they walked. So, you know, the, the, the rest of the lineup really, you know, kind of drove the train here in this sweep. And uh, Miller was a guy, you know, she, uh, Yu Chang, uh, you know, drove in a, an insurance run last night. And uh, in Wednesday's extra inning game, Yu Chang, you know, hit the home run and the double to put them back in the game. So they're getting contributions from top to bottom and, and, getting contributions from young guys too, which, you know, is important. Yeah. Always with an eye to, uh, to next season, I guess, as we're sort of evaluating what's going on here in this last month, uh, when you see a game, a series like this, really where uh, the, the bottom of the lineup steps up and contributes the way that it has, uh, particularly those guys that you mentioned, Yu Chang, Owen Miller, uh, Yu Chang turned in uh, an outstanding defensive play uh, in, in the, the, the ninth inning when uh, Emmanuel Classe, I guess, uh, forgot to cover first base yeah. on, a, on a ground ball there. He was uh, caught looking there. Yeah. Don't get caught watching the paint dry, I guess. But uh, yeah, dry. Uh, Chang made a diving play. He just barely, and we're talking, it's about, it was about as close as you can get. Uh, Michael Taylor's foot on the bag and Yu Chang's glove hitting first base uh, for the out. The Indians successfully challenged the safe call at first base, and it uh, it definitely helped settle down uh, uh, Emmanuel Classe uh, to, to get that save. A big play by Chang. Yeah, that was a big play because you could feel like the uh, momentum starting to shift. I mean, when you beat a team, you know, 11 straight times, you know eventually their day is going to come, and it looked like that, that ninth inning was building toward that. And uh, great play by Chang. Again, we see his versatility. Plays all over the diamond, and that was at first base. Um, you know, uh, the night before, he made some nice plays at second base. So, you know, he's turning into – I still don't know exactly what to make of him, Joe, but he's making his presence felt. Look, all you got to make of him is he's going to be on the roster next year unless they uh, unless they make a move with him at some point uh, because he's, he's proving 
that his his bat is a major league bat and that he can make the plays that he needs to make. Now, for Emmanuel Class A, last night uh, snapped his streak of what twenty and a third innings of scoreless uh, ball. He hadn't given up a run uh, throughout most of what all the month of August, I believe. Yeah, um, all of August and, uh, and going back to uh, July sixteenth. And he had just been named prior to the game. He had been named the American League reliever of the month. Uh, but he goes out, gives up the, uh, the, the earned run there. Uh, but it does say something about him on a night when he didn't necessarily have his best fastball command. He wasn't at his best. He still came out and, and got his uh, and got the save. How many, how many on the season was that for him? Not, what, he's got 19? 20 out of tw- he's 20 out of 24, 20 out of 24. Uh, and really those, those four blown saves were, uh, were earlier in the year when, when he was sort of searching for some things and, and figuring out some things with his slider. Now he's got that all solved and his command is, is where it needs to be. And uh, AL reliever of the month, pretty well-deserved honor. Yeah, definitely. I think he was overthrowing uh, his fastball a little bit last night. If he can, when you're throwing hundred miles an hour, I think he was, maybe he was a little pumped up after winning the award and his slider was up a little bit. And, uh, you know, Carlos Santana got a hit against him and then, Hunter uh, Dozier uh, ended the uh, scoreless streak with a single. Yeah, but again, with what happened to James Karinchak after the uh, the sticky substance ban was started to be enforced, and uh, I guess we could see, you know, it might not even be a mechanical thing with Karinchak. It might just be a mental thing. Uh, Class A, you know, between the ears all season long, I think he kind of strikes me as a guy who, uh, you know, if it, if, it, it doesn't really get to him. He can just go out there and, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny to say it, but, you know, ignorance is bliss sort of thing. You know, if, if I don't know I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, intimidated, then I'm not intimidated. Yeah, but he has a good mindset. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think that, that plays into it. And, you know, he wants to be the closer. And, like, he is so confident in himself that I don't think, you know, even if he would have blown that save last night, I think he, he would have would have come back and be re- and been ready to pitch tonight so I think he's got that good short-term memory you know that all uh closers and defensive backs have to have <laughs> uh yeah I, I remember I think back to spring training and I remember how good Karen Jack was in spring training and and the talk at the time was still about you know who's going to be the closer who's going to get the the opportunities and and Tito was sort of non-committal for you know, spring training and most of the season. Uh, and I remember watching, or, you know, being on a Zoom with, with Class A, and, and he was very adamant. He was, I'm, I'm here to be the closer. I'm, I'm here to close games. It's what I want to do. And I remember watching that Zoom thinking to myself, well, you're going to be a setup guy. <laughs> I was, at the time, I was yeah. convinced Karen Jack was the guy who was going to be the closer. Well, I think the Indians were too, Joe, because they knew Karen Jack. You know, they had a whole, you know, even though it was a 60 game sprint, they had, you know, they had some background on them. They had a paper trail, but uh, with Karen, you know, with class A, he was suspended last year. So they really didn't get to see him. They didn't know what he was all about. And uh, he's shown them right now that, you know, he, he has that, that whatever it is, you know, the ninth inning is different. You know, people can say it isn't all they want, but it is. And, and it takes a certain kind of pitcher to pitch in it. Yeah, the Indians had the, I guess, problem children or problem child. You got problem child number one and Karen Jack and problem child number two. And 
in class a but uh between the two of them they've they've made it to this point in the season uh hopefully we see karen jack back up at at some point but you know maybe they just let him ride out the uh the rest of the campaign at triple a and and you know start fresh next year it, and that'll definitely be a storyline in spring training next season wow. is you know karen Ch- how, how does karen jack approach things with uh you know having been sent down in, in September. Uh, do you think we see him again this year? Do you think, think we see him back up at the big leagues? I do, Joe. I think, I think we will. I, I, you know, he's still throwing 95 to 97 miles an hour. You know, it, it, it sounds like it's a mechanical thing. I think he, obviously there's something going on between the ears too. You know, I, I definitely think the, uh, you know, if, if he was or wasn't using the sticky stuff, I think uh, come it, on it now. influenced him. He was. It, it, it seems it's, like it's he obvious. Was. It, it's it's completely obvious. There were photographs of it, uh, and and the the spin rates dropped afterwards, and the yeah. effectiveness dropped afterwards. You, you, there's no two ways to explain it. Uh, l- let's just move on from it. Uh, it's not yeah. that big a deal. It happened to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole came back, struck out 15 guys the other night. So, you know. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Let's just move beyond it. I think should be the approach yeah. with Karen Jackson. And, and as long as he's healthy, you know, you know, I think he's, you know, he's got the wherewithal to make the adjustment to write the right, the right adjustment. And now he can do it in Columbus without, you know, having 30,000 eyes on him all the time. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a, a good approach there. Uh, Roberto Perez, another good night in uh, Akron uh, beating up on the double a pitching, but uh, Perez, looking like he's going to be close to getting ready to come back. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, they called a LaVarnway, Ryan LaVarnway up last yesterday. He started and got a couple of hits. Uh, so he's keeping that spot warm for, uh, for Perez. And, I, you know, it sounded like they wanted Perez to get a few more at, at bats because he has, I don't think he's played since August 2nd. And, right. you know, he's really played, he hasn't played a whole lot this year because of, you know, before that, before he hurt his shoulder, he was on the DL with the uh, with the finger surgery. He should have the freshest legs on the team when he comes back. He should be, you know, running bases like a gazelle. <laughs> poor uh, poor John Paul Gonzalez. Uh, you know, uh, they, he he thought he had found the golden ticket. He thought he had won the lottery, and and now he's on the taxi squad. Yeah, but at least he gets to make the trip to Boston. So yeah. I guess if he if he keeps his mask on and doesn't get COVID from any of the Red Sox, oh. it should be he can get some big league meal money for for a Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. The the big the, the meal money's a lot better in the big leagues. So uh, you know, that's uh, always a, a a good reason to want to stay up, even if it is on the taxi squad. Uh, those guys are are still there uh, working out with the club. Uh, they are in Boston. Boston does have uh, COVID concerns. The Indians really haven't had to deal with too much of that this year. Uh, Ernie Clement being the, the only, you know, current exception to that rule. But, uh, you know, for the most part, they haven't lost many uh, players to the to this, this second surge, this, uh, this Delta variant or anything like that. Uh, even though it's, it's been popping up, you see it more and more with football teams right now. But, but in the major leagues, are, are, are the big leagues worried about um, the, the playoffs here coming up? I would think they'd have to be concerned, Joe. I don't know. You know, they went into the bubble last year for the postseason or leading up to the postseason, I think, right? Or no, right. In, in the postseason, they went to the And bubble. in the postseason, they did pods where they, they played to the, at neutral sites, which yeah. personally so, I kind of loved, but 
you know, it, it probably doesn't fly really well with some of the, uh, the big market teams. But, and, you know, the, the Red Sox are one of six teams that didn't get, didn't reach that 85% vaccinated threshold too. So, you know, I think that's probably playing into this as well, but some of the Red Sox that have contracted COVID, COVID had been vaccinated. So, right. you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. Right. But then you get into the whole idea of how vaccines work and it's, you know, 90 plus percent effective. However, uh, a, there's, there's a whole science to it. There's reasons why people who are vaccinated are testing positive. And I'm not here to debate that on, uh, on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> however, I will uh, ask the question. Uh, we've seen the Washington Nationals. We've seen the Houston Astros uh, require all of their uh, employees who are non-uniformed to be vaccinated. And we've seen resignations. Uh, I, I believe Bob Boone, the, uh, uh, in the front office with, with the Nationals, uh, has, has resigned over that. Uh, do you see the Indians maybe making a similar move? I think the Indians have done a great job with this, Joe. I don't think they have to do that. I think um, they got to, they got a big, a, you know, a large portion of their front office is bought into this and front office and on field staff and players. And uh, we, you know, what Shane Beaverhead couldn't report to spring training because he had contracted it, but that, you know, until uh, Ernie Clement, that's, I think that maybe they've had some minor leaguers. I'm sure they have. Right. Well, obviously they had, you know, uh, you know, Gavin Collins and LeBarnway were in, uh, you know, contract tracing. That's why they couldn't come up when uh, Gonzalez did. So, you know, they've had some of that, but I think they, they really kind of did a great job with that. And I guess if, if they wanted to, if they had to, you know, yeah, I think they would probably go to that if they felt it was necessary. Right. And, and you know, I'm talking more about the, the front office and just the people, you know, ballpark operations type, that kind of thing uh, to require it there. But I'll tell you, every time I'm in the press box, I look around and anybody who's employed by the Indians is wearing a mask in the press box, even though they're, you know, really not required to be by, by the CDC. Um, I, you know, I, it makes me, it's, it's a little more reassuring, I think. And, and like, like you said, uh, I think they have handled it the right way. And, you know, Chris Antonetti has, has been very positive and very, you know, at the forefront of uh, trying to get, you know, things in order with this. So, uh, you know, maybe they don't have to come out and mandate that to, to everybody. Maybe all their employees, Hey, maybe all their employees are just reasonable enough to go out and get the damn shot. But, you know, that's just that's just me. Uh, Hoinsey, Cal Quantrill and Nathan Ivaldi on the mound uh, in Boston tonight. Great pitching matchup. We saw it last week. Uh, the Indians, I think, surprised a lot of people by by getting to Ivaldi um, offensively. But uh, Cal Quantrill, really the, uh, the story of this second half pitching wise for the Indians, uh, five starts uh, in, in the month of August. And I think he was two and with a. A one point something ERA. Yeah. Uh, he he should have gotten good consideration along with Ahmed Rosario for American League Player of the Month. Yeah, I think they they both got you know votes for the Player of the Month and the uh, Pitcher of the Month. And you know Quantrill last time out against the Red Sox, seven innings, two hits, uh, you know two hits, one earned run, and I mean two runs, one earned run. Uh, two walks and six strikeouts. And, you know, he would, you know, they, they lose that game. I think they lost it in extra innings. So, you know, mm -hmm. he did his job and he's been doing it. I mean, he, 
you know, it, it's just amazing how, you know, you go Quantrill out there, you, you get McKenzie back there, you know, and, and you think about, you know, Savali probably his next start will probably be in the big leagues. I think, you know, Logan Allen has put two to two, you know, uh, promising uh, starts together. Uh, Phil, I mean, uh, uh, who's the other kids? Sam, the, uh, yeah, Morgan, Eli Morgan. Is Eli Morgan. So, uh, you know, you look at this team as it rolls into September and, and into next year, and, you know, that pitching is, is going to be dominant again. It should be. Well, that's what they'll hang their head on heading into next season. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, have fun this weekend in, uh, in Baltimore. We'll see you when the, the Indians get back to Cleveland on Monday for a Labor Day uh, matchup against the Twins. I'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. Take care, buddy. 